hello and welcome to this very special episode of A Fistful of Truth. I am your host, Delara Essengill, and this is probably the most censored podcast right now uh, on the internet. I say that with absolutely no ego, but I do say that with frustration. Since many of you are unable to access the podcast, people are having problems uh, listening to the podcast. There are volume and uh, speed issues going on, so no, uh, there's nothing wrong with your connection. If there's some issue and there's some interruptions that you're hearing while you're listening to this podcast, you can try going over to Rumble and listening to it over there. I'll post a link in the podcast description, but hang in there until uh, things get so bad that you can't hear anything and then go over to Rumble because usually... (laughs) The little censorship man follows me everywhere. So he follows me to Rumble. He follows me to the non-existent YouTube. And he pretty much just follows me everywhere. If he could follow me uh, during the day, yeah, he probably is following me. But you know what? Nothing's going to stop the delivery of A Fistful of Truth. I do not dance in the circus. And neither does today's guest, which is I have a very special guest here today from Hollywood. So stay tuned. Even though they messed with our recording, we got through it. So you guys are going to hear some new stuff today that you've never heard before from an uncontrolled narrative and from a friend of mine, a good friend of mine that I trust dearly uh, from Hollywood, who is uh, here as the first time as Hollywood and on H&On. So today is, today is the 28th of March. It is Tuesday. Secrets of the Celebrities here on A Fistful of Truth. You can find A Fistful of Truth no longer on Anchor.fm. It is now Spotify. So Spotify has taken over the platform completely, but you can still find all of the different places where you can hear the audio version of all of the podcasts that's listed at the new link that's provided in the podcast description. It's no longer at anchor.fm. You'll be able to access it at anchor.fm for a little while longer if that's where you're listening. But what I recommend is to go to my website, just bypass all this clutter of information. You don't need any more clutter in your brain during these times. The easiest way, the simplest way to find all the latest uncontrolled information that I'm putting out there it's getting harder and harder to find it, folks, is to go to a fistfuloftruth.com. A fistfuloftruth.com has the latest podcast, the latest blog post, the latest about how to protect yourself from 5G if you haven't done it yet. I can't stress how important it is for you to be drinking clean water, for you to be eating clean food, We know what those things are. You can look it up on my blog, delaraessengill.blog, where there's over 53 million hits, but they're only showing you that there's 1 million. You know why? Because God forbid you think for yourself and that you're not letting them drip, drip information into your brain. If you like that, that's fine. I don't like anyone telling me what to think at all. I don't listen to any human being when it comes to telling me what to think. And they don't come out and tell you what to think. These shills, the shill formation, the controlled digital assets of the deep state that you guys are all tuned into, no offense. A lot of people 
not all of you, but a lot of people are tuned into all these Telegram channels, hundreds of thousands of followers, liars, fakes, frauds, super well and extremely highly intelligent engineering behind what they're saying, what they're putting out, how they're controlling your mind and you don't even know it. You don't even know it because that's how good they are at it. So the only defense you have to keep that temple of your mind clean is to turn them off. Unsubscribe. You listening to one of these large shill accounts of just seemingly normal patriots that look like normal Americans or worldwide patriots is just as bad as you blaring Anderson Cooper, Miley Cyrus, and LeBron James and inviting them into your living room, putting them in your bedroom at night. When you take your phone and your iPad or your computer and your private dwelling, whether it's your car, your bed, you're in your robe, your pajamas, your work gear, I don't care what you're in. You're putting these people not only in your head, you're putting, you're bringing them into your home and you're getting a lot of disinformation and shillformation. That's what you're doing. And I'm not saying this directly to everybody who's listening to A Fistful of Truth because this audience here is stellar. You guys know what to tune into. I wish other people that aren't tuning in uh, could hear me because I'm trying to at least help those that have the ears to listen. The ears to listen because a lot of people are still and they're not going to escape it. So that's why I do what I do. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning into this podcast, sharing this podcast. Thanks for the Anons that got banned from Telegram, banned from Facebook. They stopped you guys from posting because you shared my podcast, my uh, blog posts. I want to thank you guys for standing up and doing that because that's not easy to take that kind of public shaming is what they do. They, they cast you out when you pr- present information that's contrary to their controlled cognitive warfare game. White hat or black hat, I don't dance in the circus. And neither do you, so thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out Soma Vedic. I know I say it all the time, but you gotta be eating, drinking clean. Why not clean up your environment of all those invisible energies? EMFs, you can't see it. You can't see the stuff on your cell phone that's radiating you. But if you look at my article that I posted about how to protect yourself from 5G, I posted a video. I took a meter, a very expensive, nice meter, not a $20, $30 meter that detects EMFs that was a gift to me so I could show you guys how the phone that you're holding, the device that you're seeing or hearing this on is affecting you. And it's affecting your pets, your children, your loved ones, your mates, your neighbors, your family, unless you do something about it. Check out Soma Vedic. It comes with a money-back guarantee, 10% off with the code D-I-L-A-R-A. It's in the podcast description. All right, secrets of the celebrities. So you guys, there's been a lot of recording issues. However, I want to say thank you for bearing through it. I can't listen to it when it's too fast or too slow. It, it, I, I don't like listening to myself anyway. And to speed it up or slow it down is like beyond torture. So try to get through it. If not, try to come back and vis- revisit this episode. I want to welcome a, a very good friend of mine. He's waiting here and we're going to have him on shortly. 
H-Anon or Hollywood Anon, an insider to the Hollywood machine and industry. Uh, This person has a lot of experience and I'll let them explain to you. I'll let this Anon tell you about themselves because that's just more authentic and let it unfold as we unravel episode after episode. So I have a feeling that we'll be hearing from H-Anon quite often. And I'm very grateful to have another person here talk about what's really going on in Hollywood and Pedowood. And we're going to be uh, revisiting many topics. So today's just an introduction and, you know, get excited because we're going to be going over in the next weeks coming up inversions, uh, Baphomet inversions. What does that mean? How do they work? How do they make them the cloning process? If you haven't checked out, do your homework first. Baphomet Genetic Manipulation and Human Cloning. It's an article on my blog, delaraessengill.blog. Go there and type in Baphomet Genetic and it'll come up. Read it, share it. Get ready to be banned from large normie reread four more years Patriot accounts because that's all they know how to do. It's like it's a big fraternity out there and I don't play in it. But go check that out because that's preemptive to the things we're going to discuss, not just today, and more detail in the future. But anyway, without boring you guys anymore, I had to get through that long intro. Thank you for hanging in with me because there are some explanations that um, are necessary so that you guys understand what kind of censorship and what kind of control is going on, what kind of cognitive warfare is going on. And H&R and I are here today to dispel that, to bring things closer to home, to give us truth, give you guys truth. So without further ado, welcome, welcome, Hollywood and on. Well, welcome to a fistful of truth, Hollywood Anon. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be on the show. Just wanted to make sure. You guys, we've been having so much trouble trying to get on this recording today. So thank you to the audience for putting up with however we sound, we might sound like Daffy Duck or that we just inhaled a helium balloon is what Anons have been writing in and saying to me, or we might sound super slow. We don't know what they're doing, but thank you Hollywood Anon for uh, be agreeing to be here. You and I uh, know each other fairly well and we've weathered the storm together through, uh, I'm gonna call it pedo wood, And I'm just really honored to have you, not just as a friend, excuse me, not just on this podcast, but as a friend and someone I can relate to in this crazy world we're living in, especially somebody that understands Hollywood the same way I do. So I'm very blessed to have you in my life. And thank you for being here for the audience, because I know it's very important for them to hear, not just from me, but from someone else with a sane, sound mind of what's really going on. I'm very honored to be on your show. I love your show. I watch it a lot. And I really think you're doing a great service. Thank you. Sometimes I'm very tired, but (laughs) we can all feel that way. So let's talk about Hollywood. 
Yes, let's talk about Hollywood. Um, Where do you want to start? <laughs> well, it's it's worth pointing out and noting that over the last two to four years, we've seen a lot of big celebrities that we all know um, showing up at award shows and red carpets, not quite looking like themselves. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's getting blamed on bad plastic surgery as usual by the lamestream media. Um, but I think we all know that that's not the case. And I think we all know that there's something a little more nefarious going on. And maybe we could start there. You have to forgive me. I'm snacking. I have, oh. I, I've been stealing snacking on snacks. He, he, he didn't ah. show up, so I had snacks for him. So I'm eating his snacks. He couldn't show up because I couldn't record my podcast. But yes, there's a lot of people who, um, there's a lot of people who, I don't even think it's them. I mean, let's talk about it because it's gotten so out of control that my biggest concern is you and I are noticing this. Other patriots are noticing this, but the world out there, are they supposed to notice this? Because I don't think they're noticing it. Do you? Well, I think that there's two avenues of thought here. Um, the first avenue is that um, these are clones that the that the black hats are creating and putting out there, and they're having to rush them out there quicker than usual because of just how things are speeding up. So they're not looking as good as maybe the past clones that we know of. There's a second avenue of thought here is that the white hats have taken control of the cloning facilities and are purposely making clones that are meant to wake people up to start the conversation. Um, my Instagram page, I posted the newest picture of John Fetterman on there after he disappeared into the psychiatric ward six weeks ago and it is so clearly not even close to being him that it got more likes on my page than anything i posted in the last month and i did a big expose on there about my feelings about what i'm telling you that I'm almost at the point now where i believe that the white hats are putting these clones out purposely um defective and not even close to the person to really wake the normies up i agree with you a hundred percent i believe um, it's, yeah it's, yeah i believe it's in their control but how do you feel about what you just said how do you feel about the last part of what you just said to wake the normies up they're putting out these disastrous train wreck clones I mean, it's frustrating for me, but, you know, um, one of the interesting things that I have found is that, you know, when I just post something on my Instagram page about, you know, the storm in California or me and my dog, you know, I'll get 25, 30 likes. When I post something about John Fetterman, which I did yesterday and the picture and what my feelings were, I got 250 likes and about 30 comments. So that's like, uh, you know, 500 times normal what I normally get. So 
there i'm a little torn um i see this as an opportunity for me and people like you and other people in the you know the patriot community to spread this information to facilitate the wake up the other part of me is a little frustrated that people are still so asleep and i think that goes to just how strong of a hold the sorcery from the cabal has really weaved on the public over the last you know ever since really guess the kennedy murder um and they really started placing their agents through the msm and other areas of you know our institutions and they've really just it's been like a narcotic they've just really gently put us to sleep and i was one of them for many years i had my wake-up call basically when potus came down the escalator that's when things started to percolate for me and i watched that speech and then i dove into the rabbit hole shortly after that so my my journey really began in two, around may 2015. i think that's a good uh, time marker for a lot of us that we're already aware of things like just not being okay. We just didn't know. I always use this example in my world where, as you you well know, on our non-recorded conversation that we're having, um, I was involved in a criminal investigation, which is how I got sucked into this thing. I wasn't part of a crime. I just received information on the death of a famous celebrity and I had to go to the police. What else do you do? You know, I was no longer working in law enforcement, but um, I forgot where I was going with that. I, I mentioned that for a reason. What did you last say right before I said that? You were talking um, that about- My wake up really coincided with oh, yeah. Otis coming down the escalator. Yeah. Yeah. That, that timing of the 2015, right? Um, it 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 sparked something in a lot of us that kind of already knew, hey, things aren't really right here. And here we are, 2023, uh, H, H and on, I'll call you that, it's faster. Um, H and on, 2023, you and I didn't think, you know, because you and I have been talking this entire time, pretty much of, uh, you know, post 20. 15, 2016, we didn't think it was going to take this long to at least put out some kind of truth to the public because you and I didn't realize, like the rest of the people listening here on the podcast, how asleep these people really are and how programmed by Hollywood and the mainstream media, the third arm of the CIA. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that this has been a very calculated um, uh, propaganda weaponized um, psychological warfare on us for a long time that's been, you know, planned out by some very sinister and very smart in some ways, um, shrewd um, entities. Yes. And, um, you know, it's it's very powerful. You know, it goes back to Edward Bernays. Yep. goes back to the Nazis and the propaganda machine and Operation Paperclip. And, you know, they were very patient. Um, they yes. had a plan. Yep. And I think the plan started probably right, you know, before World War II, but really kicked into gear 
high gear uh, after World War II. And, you know, from my um, studies, the plan was supposed to be completed by 2030 completely. So they had, you know, little less than 100 years really to get us to the real point of complete 100% FEMA camp, you know, takeover, um, smart cities, all the stuff that we hear about, which they're not going to be able to do now because, you know, the timeline's been altered. There was a plan to counteract this, which I think um, also had patience. And I think the war has been obviously going on a lot longer than when POTUS came down the escalator. But I think it took enough. It came into the fourth quarter, the vital fourth quarter, to use a football analogy, when POTUS was recruited to run. And that was a needed component to change the timeline. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So thank you for putting it so gracefully and truthfully so that people out there listening realize, you know, a lot of people, they don't have the same kind of information you and I have, and they don't have the same kind of hands-on first person experience of all these different things that God let you and I witness. We're not special or different. We just were allowed to witness so we could testify to what we've seen and tell the truth. Like Jesus told us, tell the truth. It's such a simple thing, isn't it? It's if there was more of us and there's a lot of us in, in Hollywood, don't you think there's a quite a few of us that don't buy into the pedo wood narrative? I'd like for you to explain some of this to the public because the public thinks everyone in pedo wood is a pedophile. That's not true. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting really quick before we get on to that, just a little bit about my background, just so people don't think. um, So, you know, when POTUS did come, and I've been a magazine entertainment, Hollywood magazine editor, and and done many cover stories on celebrities um, since, you know, really the early 90s. um, And, you know, was a moderate, Democrat. I come from a family that um, were big Kennedy fans. My father um, was going to go work for Robert Kennedy, um, was standing next to him 20 minutes before he was shot at the Ambassador Hotel in 1968. And I have that picture on my wall right here that I'm looking at of them, two young Irish, you know, very optimistic people. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, he was shot and killed. My dad didn't get out of bed for a month, my mom told me. Um, So the other part is that, you know, Donald Trump was not a person that was on my radar. He was not somebody I paid attention to. Um, He was not somebody I particularly liked. I didn't watch The Apprentice. Um, I walked by Trump Tower every day on my way to work and home from work in 2004. Three, I put Melania, then Knaus, on the cover of the magazine I was editing. It was a lingerie issue. She had just started dating him. She was at Trump Models. I booked her and spent two days with her. um, Lovely woman um, shooting the cover. And when the cover was done, I delivered it to her at her apartment. And, you know, really liked her and didn't really think much beyond that she was just a model at that point and obviously become a very important figure um that a lot of people don't talk about that 
you know, a lot of communications were put forward by her dresses and what she wore. And that was kind of what POTUS and the White Hats were using for comms. You know, when she met um, the Obamas and Barack Obama, when they were, you know, moving into the White House, she was wearing a Tiffany blue dress, which is the same dress that um, JFK's uh, Jackie was wearing. Um, and then if you go back and you look at her dresses, they had a lot of communications on them. And I think that behind the scenes, she's a very, very important player who is very uh, quiet and reserved and doesn't say a lot, but is playing a bigger part. So having said that, getting into your question, um, yes, uh, <clears throat> you know, not every single person you see on TV or in the movies um, have had to so-called, you know, sell their souls. Um, from my understanding, there's a certain number involved. And if you're in one of the big Marvel movies or you become Batman or you, you know, you're getting these leads in these big movies like Christian Bale and Leonardo DiCaprio and, you know, even someone like Jer Jeremy Remmer, uh, Renner, you get invited in, you have to, you know, I, I think, you know, the number's probably around, you know, you start getting $10 million roles in big movies. And then I think that at, at that point you have to make a choice. Um, I think it's worth pointing out one person I've kind of been studying lately because he's a person that I think was on the verge of, and I've met him, of becoming part of that pedo wood was someone Josh Hartnett. He was somebody who was ready to go to that next level and was offered the role of Batman. And that was probably when he was asked to sign the papers with blood and he turned it down and kind of moved to England and started to just, you know, he never became a movie star. He still gets work and, you know, he's been on some shows and you'll see him here and there, but he never became Christian Bale. And I think that that offer was put to him. So I think he's an interesting example, and there's probably a lot more examples. Somebody like Jason Patrick, who after the Lost Boys was offered all these huge roles that for some mysterious reason, you know, roles that went to Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer and people like that, that he was offered. Um, and my instinct tells me that for whatever reason, he turned down the offer. So I think, yes, going back to what you were saying, not everybody in Hollywood is in the so-called club that George Carlin so famously said, it's one big club and you ain't in it. As you well know, I knew someone and I was at a meeting where this happened over and over again. But when you know somebody and you know them well, where somebody uh, I knew quite well, and you know who this is, but we're gonna leave that out was offered a suddenly, you know, to be part of that club. And I was there, I was sitting right there. And the, this person was offered millions of dollars to get on stage and do a, an opening uh, music act for a very large music festival that everyone knows. I can't say who and when or where. And in exchange, they were asked to uh, suck a dick and drink some piss right in front of me you can imagine what my response was. <laughs> Law enforcement was involved very quickly. Let's just put it that way. 
And they didn't, you know, a lot of people in Hollywood had no idea because I kept it not a secret, but I just didn't, you know, plaster it on my forehead or wear a t-shirt that said, I worked in SVU. I came from law enforcement. No way. If they wanted to go find that out on their own, great. But, you know, uh, this, what you're saying about whether or not people took the deal I've talked about before, people have heard about it before. Um, absolutely no ego stroke here. I believe I was one of the very first real people that was not monetized or controlled by anybody that came out besides the things we've heard and said, you know, just a normal human being. I'm a normal human being that said what was going on because a lot of other normal human beings had come to me and talked about the cannibalism in sheer horror. They didn't come to me quietly, nicely sipping a latte and started telling me these things. These people came in shaking, crying, freaking out. Friends who were working in visual effects that found out they were making movies, but then they saw their quote movie clip on CNN where they were faking terrorist acts. There you go, I said it. So go ahead, speed this up, slow it down. We know the fake news is, is a big, uh, is the biggest enemy of the people like POTUS says. And we know that the MSM is, you know, the strong arm of the third arm of the CIA, which is Hollywood. And the same people that industrialized our, our propaganda machine, which you referred to so perfectly regarding uh, Edward Bernays, you know, that whole Freudian infiltration of propaganda into our society, very well uh, presented. If you guys are listening out there and you guys want to learn more about what h and is referring to, uh, Century of the Self at DelaraEssengill.blog, you can check out that uh, documentary. It's not mine, but I list a I listed on the blog, you just type it into the keyword so you don't have to go looking for where to watch the full documentary. It's on YouTube. You can check it out there too, but DelaraEssengill.blog, Century of the Self. It'll explain what HNON is, is bringing to light here today, dark to light on uh, this episode of A Fistful of Truth. So sorry for that roundabout thing, but I was really moved to say that when you mentioned the um, the whole not everybody's a part of the club thing. I think it needs to be brought really close to home to people. Um, and what you said is true. You know, not everybody takes the deal, but they know quite well that they know what they're getting into. So you guys don't feel sorry for them. Nobody's thrown into it unknowingly, nobody. Yeah, and I think it's worth it's worth pointing out too that you know, one of the weapons that the cabal has really used really well and and um, most secret societies like the Freemasons and even like big corporations use really well um, is com compartmentalization. So, you know, they really seal off the walls between what, you know, floor four is doing and floor 10 is doing. And so, you know, <clears throat> barring, you know, rumors coming out, you know, the people on four, on the fourth floor really have no idea what the fifth floor and the sixth floor is doing. And even the people on the seventh and eighth floor have no idea what the 10th floor is doing all the way up to the hundredth floor where very few people know the full plan 
Um, and that's something that they've used to really advance their agenda. And it's been very effective. Um, and, you know, I go back to this, the example of the Freemasons, you know, everybody thinks every Freemason is part of the cabal and that's not true. Um, you know, a lot of the lower level people that are at the lodges and stuff aren't participating in the rituals because they're not let into that level. Hence why you have the numbers when you work your way up, so-called 33, you know, you start getting up on that level, you start to learn more about the plan and what's going on and what the agenda is. But I think at the end of the day, the amount of people that really know the agenda, you could fit into like a moderately sized condo. And that's the way that they've been able to do this. They've gotten some good people to work unbeknownst to them to advance their agenda. And so they've really gotten the foot soldiers and a lot of them who don't know what the final agenda is to do their work for them. And it's, you know, it's been a brilliant strategy. Yes, because it's worked for this long. Yeah. And, you know, I worked in Hollywood for, you know, 25 years before I had any even inkling of a rumor or anything about the level of pedophilia and secret ceremonies and even Epstein Island that was kept quiet for a very long time before that even came out as a thing. Um, so you can see that they were well on their way to, you know, really executing their full plan. And I think it's also worth pointing out that you know, this is something that has been going on for many, many, many thousands of years. Um, and it's kind of an ancient evil. Um, and if you look at the temple on Epstein Island, you know, th those temples were the temples back in, you know, ancient Egypt. And when Jesus was in Jerusalem and what he warned us about, they were burning, you know, sacrificing the kids on the hill above uh, you know, where he was making his speeches down in the city. And a lot of people think that that's where, you know, the word hell came from was that that was hell up there. And, um, so they've done a great job and they've recruited a lot of people in, they understand human psychology. They understand blackmail. They understand bribery. They had an unlimited amount of cash through dark money to basically make these people very rich. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, you know, it's a tempting thing. And a lot of people took the bait and a lot of people's parents took the bait. Yep. Like, like Britney Spears parents and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's parents. If you start to do some research on where these people come from and who their parents were, you start to kind of get a clearer idea of the landscape. And then from there, you start getting into the childhood stars, the people like Ryan Gosling and how did he rise so quickly? And, you know, not a very good actor um, oh, and not a very dynamic person. But no, I've had to deal become, with him before. He's not nice. Yeah, has become a massive, massive star. And um, so, yeah, I mean, going back to what I was saying, this was kept secret for a very long time. And it kind of goes back to the fight club. The first rule of fight club is you don't talk about fight club. I think that was a really good metaphor for yep. 
Epstein Island and the ceremonies and what was going on in the Standard Hotel in the basement, which both of them have now been quietly closed down. And if you go back and, and you look at uh, the owner of those two hotels and the Chateaubriand, he comes from an Eastern European um, satanic lineage family. And, you know, it's pretty clear to me now, um, you know, everything was going on right under our nose and we had no clue for so long. And what turned it around is kind of interesting because I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, Facebook and the internet and cell phones were all created by the cabal for nefarious reasons to track us and to keep a hold of us. But the Patriots have turned it around and used it what, you know, their weapon against them by spreading all this news. And yes, they tried to censor us, but it became too big and too vast. And by the time Trump got in, if Hillary had gotten in, they would have probably been able to, you know, no way Elon would have bought Twitter, no matter what you think of Elon. Um, I have my mixed feelings. But, you know, that was a huge bullhorn for the uh, cabal. And, you know, Facebook was created by DARPA and just handed to Zuckerberg. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it's a very interesting thing and a very ironic thing that people like yourself and many others who have their heart and brains in the right place and their soul in the right place are using their weapon against them to take them down. <laughs> you know, while you're talking, I'm, I get so mad and passionate because I just, I just, you know, the things you say spark memories of Pedowood in my mind, of events I've been to, you know, before we got on this call, I was thinking about, we were talking about an MTV music award I was at and somebody, we can't say his name, but somebody that's in the news now that you mentioned was there. And, um, you know, <laughs> I was just flipping them off while you were talking by myself because I'm so fed up. I'm so sick of them, you know, the bad guys. And I don't know how much longer I can wait, H and on, for these people to learn arithmetic when we've been held back. I know I love my fellow human beings. I really do. I don't care what choices they've made. As long as they repent, go to God, I love them. And the ones that die, you know, don't see you later, let God deal with them. But you realize everything you're saying. I realize everything you're saying is true. For me, it is true. Um, and thank you for bringing your truths and your voice and your, your reason uh, to the audience today, because that's why we do this. But how much longer this is not going to end, first of all. I hope people understand this is an ongoing process of evolution. Evolution never ends, thank God. But these people that are out there that I have to interact with, that you have to interact with, like when I have to go get my, I don't know, my teeth cleaned. I mean, I haven't done this lately, but <laughs> TMI, but when I have to go to a dentist or when I have to go to uh, take care of a, a repair or I have to go out and uh, buy groceries. I mean, these are things that everybody has to do. Get gas. That's something we all have to do if we're driving or get into a vehicle. These people are not waking up. They're not waking up no matter how many clones we... 
And you and I are sitting here, okay, yes, you and I are in a little bit different position, but I'm looking at the people around us that have learned about this from people like you and I. It's taking them a long time to accept even the fact that there are clones. I keep telling them, but they just can't believe it yet because they just can't grasp it. And that's okay. Everybody's got their own timeline, but this is going to take forever. This is like holding us back. We're ready for calculus, but they're making us learn arithmetic over and over and over. I don't think that's fair. I think they should let the people that are able to learn more advance and not hold us back with this crowd of idiots. Excuse my language. Yeah, you know, one of the analogies that I've kind of come up with um, speaking about what you're talking about is um, when we were kids and we would go to a sleepover and we would be the first one to wake up and go downstairs and we'd be sitting at the breakfast table waiting for everybody else to wake up. That sort <laughs> of feeling. Um, in terms of what you're talking about, you know, I had fantasies um, in 2016 and 17 that there was going to be a day when the EBS would happen and there'd be three days of just a documentary on TV where everybody was, you know, have to stay inside and they would show us everything and, you know, all of our debt would be wiped out. You know, I, 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 I have quickly gotten over that idea and am now totally with you that this is going to be a slow burn with some days that are bigger than others and some weeks that are bigger than others and then weeks that are quiet. And there isn't going to be like a coming home World War II big apple parade of victory. Um, I just don't think that that's how it's going to happen as much as in my heart and soul. I would love to see that. Um, so I don't see that happening right now. In terms of what you're saying, what I battle a lot with and what I've meditate on and my mantra is to try to turn my anger, um, which I do have in me about people being asleep and my frustration into empathy. And I find when I can do that, I have better days. Yes. It's not easy. It's not easy. Nope. Um, I've stopped arguing online. I don't really even comment on my comments on my page. I don't really even read them all that much. Same. Um, I don't really, I'm over trying to wake people up unless I'm asked a question. Then I will go there and I will go there hard. Um, and if it's My, a sincere question, though, it has to be sincere, not somebody trolling you, but go ahead. No, no, but I'm talking more an in-person question. Like, right. I'll give you an example. I had breakfast two days ago with a person who was a showrunner in Hollywood. That means you're, for the people out there, um, when you have a TV show, you have a showrunner, and they're sort of the boss of the show. They make make sure everything runs correctly, and they're the kind of, they're the boss, the head honcho. And this person was a showrunner for three shows that everybody in this audience would know. Big shows that ran for many years with big stars where people were making, you know, 250000 to a million dollars an episode. So, you know, shows you would know. And we had breakfast and he was, I saw some openings 
there. And we started talking and he started asking me questions. I started asking him questions. And he's a liberal Democrat who is just waking up, kind of knew something wasn't right, but wasn't invited to the parties. You know, didn't, you know, like I go back to the compartment, like was kind of kept in the dark, but kind of knew these people were weird eventually quit Hollywood and has moved away up north and is doing something else. And a lot of his like suspicions, because he's a very smart guy. He went to prep school with John F. Kennedy Jr. He comes from that New York world. Um, And um, we wound up what was going to become a one hour brunch, lunch, uh, I mean, sorry, breakfast became a four hour meal. And it was pretty extraordinary to watch this unfold. And when I left there, I then took my dog to a dog park and met an African-American woman there in her 40s who voted for Obama twice, but who I then had a two-hour conversation about, about how she's going to be voting for Trump in 2024 and all of her friends are going to be voting for Trump. Not because they really like him all that much, but because they've been pushed so far against the wall on the edge of homelessness. And we're talking about upper, uh, middle to lower middle class people who make a living, have a little bit of money left over, have worked hard, they work at companies, they live in, you know, nice, you know, fairly nice apartments. That was but me. Yes. And me too. And they're at the point now where they are being pushed into kind of, we're being pushed. We're a little bit behind the French people who are actually in the process of overthrowing their government and burning Paris down as we speak, which the mainstream media is showing nothing of. But if anybody Googles it and looks for local French news, they will see what's going on there is, you know, let them eat cake, point two, 2.0. The French have had it. They've been pushed too far. Their pensions, their inflation, um, the gas prices, nobody can really afford to live anymore. We're not too far behind that. So those two interactions I had yesterday with two it's four o'clock. Hollywood, Los Angeles, Democrats, one Jewish, the other African-American, who are both voting for Trump in 2024. So there are some signs of percolation out there. But yes, I understand your frustration. I go through it too. And the only thing I can say for me that's worked is G, you know, reading Jesus's words and trying to have empathy for the people that are good people that are still asleep. Thank you for all of that. I hope that resonates as much with the audience as it does with me. And I really appreciate you taking the time to put it so, so well. Uh, I know I'm not alone and that the fact that you can just uh, eloquently give us that kind of uh, over, overall consensus of, I think, how many of us feel. The compassion part for me was hard in the beginning, and I've come to a place of really trying to be more like Jesus and accept, you know, these the, the decisions that these people have made. Obviously, it's their decisions, but 
one of the things I always think about is how Jesus said, you know, forgive them father for they know not what they do. And God forgives me every day, forgives you every day, forgives us all every day because we're not perfect, uh, though we're made in his image. And it's up to us to also forgive those around us who have not made the wisest choices. But Jesus never said reconcile. And something that POTUS said really resonated with me in this last uh, first rally of his uh, 2024 campaign that you and I both got to watch. Um, he said, I don't know if it was in this rally or the last one, so forgive me if I'm misquoting him and, and which one, but I have it written down in this one or the last speech he gave, how the thinking of these people is too different now and we won't be able to get along. He very specifically said that, and it wasn't in this last one, it was the one before. I'll find it and send it to you. And he, he says things in his speeches, as you know, he'll, he'll say, he'll give us a little Easter egg and then he'll move on from it really quickly. And it's up to, up to the listener to catch that and to be able to tune into that frequency. You're very good at tuning into that frequency. Uh, Snack is very good at tuning into that frequency. So I really like talking with you both because you guys pick up on the same things I can hear. You know, the Native Americans say you can see S-E-E, but it doesn't require your, your vision, your eye vision. It's a different type of C. And with POTUS, uh, he did say their thinking is too different. And there's the chance of us getting along after this. To me, personally, I can have compassion all day long. I, I chose a career with compassion to try to help victims of violent crimes, women and children, my whole life. But when I'm forced to sit down with someone who is not just closed off to the truth, but they just can't get it the same way, no matter what. It's like we're on parallel universes, like two parallel lines will never meet. It's just how I feel. Yeah. And I think speaking of Jesus, I think it's important to point out one of my favorite, um, two of my favorite lines from the Bible and Jesus was, you know, when he told his disciples to spread the word and go to the villages and knock on the doors, he also told them that in, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, don't waste your time with people who aren't receptive, move on quickly and don't get angry. And so, you know, that was a very important message that he was giving them, um, which I've tried to adapt as well. You know, like I said, I gave this guy yesterday four hours of my time and I gave this woman over two and a half hours of my time because I saw that it was having an effect. The conversations were good. We were actually coming from very different backgrounds, all three of us, but we all kind of left our meetings hugging each other and feeling really good. So I felt really good last night. Um, and then watching POTUS's speech. I was very moved by the final two or three minutes where he really summed up the country and the battle. And a lot of times when POTUS speaks, I really don't even watch POTUS. I watch the people behind him. And if you do really concentrate on two or three of them, you'll see them shaking their heads up and down about what he's saying. And you can see that these people, he's 
where he's breaking through. He's a very unique individual. I'm not sure. And I've thought about this a lot. I don't think that there's another individual, maybe in the world, but at least in America, that could have done what he has done. And I'm not, you know, a POTUS freak. I don't think he's perfect. There's things I don't like. There's things I don't understand. But I am convinced that very much like King David, who was not a perfect person, or Solomon in the Bible, that when it came time to step up and do one particular job, they did it, and they did it very well, and they made the right choice. So in that sense, um, I'm feeling a little bit better now than I did, I'd say, a year ago right now. I still think that we have a ways to go. Um, I think we have some pain in front of us. And, but in general, I have to say I'm optimistic. Well, I'm really glad you are optimistic. I'm optimistic in different ways, but I guess our optimism meets in the fact that there will be an end to the amount of, I want to say, uh, what's the word when people, is it, is it narcolepsy when they fall asleep? Yeah, narcolepsy. And that's what's happened. And, you know, um, another thing that I've been studying is what was really going on in those concentration camps in Nazi Germany. Yes, there were work camps and there were death camps, but there were also a, a big part of this. Of, they were human guinea pig uh, camps where they were testing out a lot of the things that they wound up unleashing on us. One just being the effects of fluoride on the body um, that was tested in the camps and used to really dumb people down and coat our penal gland and, you know, really take attacks on our system, our intuition. Um, also, they were testing a lot of chemicals that they were putting in our food and our water now mm -hmm. to, you know, this war has been coming at us from many angles, physically, emotionally, Absolutely. psychologically, spiritually. So it wasn't just one thing. What they were doing and in the process of doing was a worldwide psychological holocaust and you know you can't take that lightly um so having kind of dug deeper into just how vast and sinister you know this plan was which i believe in the bottom of my soul ultimately comes from satan and the fallen angels who were you know very very advanced smart beings that had a lot of knowledge and have passed on a lot of that knowledge through the secret societies um, to the humans um, to who run the planet um, about the nature of humanity and how to manipulate us and you know what our weaknesses are and what our strengths are we're so powerful that they've had to really trick us and manipulate us out of our power because there's so many of us and so few of them that in like a traditional war, we would just destroy them. So they've had to become very clever and patient about this. And, you know, I have to give them credit, you know, even though they um, ultimately are cowards and ultimately are going to be defeated, you know, they are 
not dummies. <laughs> and Hodas says that a lot, not to, to uh, interrupt you, but he says okay. these people are these people are not stupid. Yeah. But they're very, very sick. And that's true. And, you know, this has been going on, you know, after, you know, going through this, I almost feel I, I'm almost looking at Jesus's messages a little differently. You know, the wheat and the tares is another uh, parable in there that I like um, in the Bible where he talks about, you know, in the middle of the night, the Satanists and the elites came and put um, bad seeds into the farmers uh, fields. So when their crops were going to bloom, they would be mixed with weeds. And the parable being that, you know, in the end days, which I believe we're at now, um, and we could go into that, that's a whole nother thing of what he warned about. And um, that they would, the wheat and the tares would not be separated then, but would be separated in the end days. And the wheat would go into the Jesus's barn and the tares would go into, you know, for lack of a better word, Satan's barn going to what you're saying, we're on this different reality. I almost think we're in the wheat and the tares now where we're going to now be finding our tribes. Like we found each other through kind of a miracle of God. And we keep finding more people. And then the people that are the tares, um, the weeds, we're just not going to interact much with. And I think that we're going to head back to tribalism a little bit more. And I think when POTUS gets back into office, he's going to dismantle Washington and spread, you know, those agencies across the yep. country. And yep. I think in 20, yeah, I think in like 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to be a very, very different country. People are going to be growing their food. People are going to be, the local communities are going to be much more powerful we're going to have a much less centralized banking system and government. And I really do believe that that's where we're headed. I do believe in the bottom of my heart, we're going to win. And, but like I said, one thing I would say as a realist, they're not just going to give up. These people are going to fight. They're going to derail trains. They're going to do what Saddam Hussein did when he knew he was going to lose. He just lit all the oil wells on fire and tried to cause as much mayhem as he could do and you know it's like the gremlins movie i watched it the other night and you know how they just tore across you know they just tore that town apart and i think that that's what the cabal is going to do that's all that they have left i don't think they have the power anymore to start a nuclear war um i think that's been taken from them and i think other i think you know whatever bio weapons they did have after the pandemic, I think have been neutralized. Yeah. So I think all they have left is these isolated incidents. And I'm not saying they're not bad. Uh, they are bad. There's been a lot of chemical spills. There's been a lot of fake bad alien invasion. Fake yeah. <laughs> fake yeah. invasion. So what what they have left in their arsenal, I think isn't as bad as what they had maybe five, even five years ago. So people can be rest a little easier, I believe, in knowing that I don't think we're headed for a, a nuclear annihilation at all. Um, and I don't think that yeah. 
they have what they had before. As the as POTUS says that he's never seen anything like this kind of a witch hunt. That's the sorcery. And this kind of weaponization, that's all the things you mentioned and more that we can't even enumerate in any conversation that these 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 creatures have weaponized against humanity, just like you mentioned. And I don't think, I think you're correct. The timeline has shifted. It happened uh, by 2020 is when it shifted, before 2020. And that's because of our collective consciousness. You know, we're, we're floating. Those of us that have been holding this line and staying this course with God and Jesus Christ, not with any person or human being, you know, POTUS is touched by, by God and is under his grace. Amen. So we're all working for the same boss. And our roles or some of our roles are, like you said, POTUS is a very unique human being and only he could have done this job because one of the reasons why, besides his intellect and all the good things that come with him and his imperfections, which make it even more tangible, is the fact that he can't be bought or won't be bought. So and I think it, yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out, and this goes back to Moses, you know, the story of Moses who was put in the basket and then adopted by Pharaoh's daughter and then, you know, raised in the palace um, and then obviously turned against them and defeated them because he knew all their secrets. You know, he saw the magic. He was on the inner circle. He knew how things worked. He knew their plans. And at that time, nobody else could have taken them down because they didn't understand Correct. what they were doing. And there's a great scene where Pharaoh's uh, sorcerers and magicians who you know, their great, 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 great grandkids are still alive on this planet creating magic, probably in bunkers in Switzerland and other places who understand physics and spirituality and dimensions and thought manifestation and all these things that have not been taught to the general public. And they would throw their, their sticks down, their um, swords down on the ground and they would turn into snakes. Well, Moses knew that trick. He knew how to do that. So he would throw his stick down and create a bigger snake that would eat their snake. And I kind of think POTUS growing up where he grew up, interacting with the people he interacted with. I can't say his past. I don't know what morality he's had in his past, but I'm not really too bothered by that because I think that at some point he made a choice the same way King David made a choice, the same way that Moses made a choice. Right. Um, and when you make that choice and you follow the light, um, I don't really care what you did 30, 40 years ago. Agreed. It's a hundred percent agree. And I do believe that, yes, he was anointed. He was picked. For many reasons, one, yes, he couldn't be bought. Two, he knew their secrets. He knew how they worked. He knew them personally. We don't know how long he'd been an undercover agent for, a plant that could go back to the 80s. It could be sooner or later. Let's not forget he also interacted with JFK Jr. They had dinner every Thursday night when they were in town in the 90s and two, uh, before JFK Jr. died at Cipriani's in New York. They were spotted many, many times there. 
And it's worth to be noted that, you know, the Kennedys are one of the 13 families. And, you know, some of the kids in the family turned against the plan of the Dark Lords. And some of them didn't. And I think Robert and John did. And look what happened to them. And Junior knew the secrets and he passed them on to POTUS. That's very clear to me. And so POTUS did not go into this as a novice. Behind the scenes, I think he'd been studying and learning for many, many years. That is my opinion. I agree with you. And I also have to look back to uh, his uncle, John Trump. Precisely. I mean, this just, we can go on and on about this and we should, we should have another, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking with you again, because there's so much to go over. You know, this was just a introductory day to uh, the listeners out there. And I hope you guys that are listening do indeed uh, copy and paste and share this podcast because this information, you guys, this is an uncontrolled narrative that you're hearing. I do believe that uh, POTUS was definitely anointed and picked to do this job, but I think it goes way, 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 not to get too esoteric on this particular episode since the volume's being messed with and the censorship's through the roof. So thanks for hanging in there, you and the audience. Um, Hopefully it'll just go back and revert to a normal speed, but this is the best we can do. Um, I believe that this has been going on for hundreds of thousands of years, but that's a whole other we could have a whole separate show that would go on forever um the clues are there the you know for what you're saying all the clues are there all the seeds are there and if you go back and you study it um yeah i think this has been an ancient evil and i think that it goes off planet it goes into different dimensions and it's um things that people don't really want to hear and understood understand because you know our education system hijacked um a long time ago and we're given just enough education to sort of be the worker bees and you know understand a little bit of this and a little bit of that but we have been totally kept in the dark about this other part of humanity. H-Anon, let's wrap today up because I want to make sure that this is audible. They've been cutting you out, by the way, as you've been speaking. I've been listening to the recording and monitoring it. And as soon as you say something that I know is going to be good, uh, there might be some skips and hops and uh, censorship that's going on. So we'll talk again. But what do you recommend? Uh, what What are first of all? Do you have any final before I ask you a question? What do you rec? What What are your? Do you want to say anything else before I drive this home? Or I had something to ask you, but I think I, I think I might wait till the next episode. Um, I think I've said pretty much everything. I think the thing that I kind of want to get across and something that I know I've been dealing with and you've been dealing with and it's really right now and always has been their really sharp weapon and that is fear. They've used fear um, to really control us. Um, You know, the things that happened after 9-11, the Patriot Act and all the things we gave away and what we go through in the airports and I could go on and on all came from fear. Um, They're using the banking crisis for fear. 
Um, you know, fear is something where we're very vulnerable to. And it's also worth pointing out that Jesus understood this. I think, to my knowledge, he said, do not fear more times in the Bible than any other phrase. 365 um, times, one fear not for every day. There you go. And uh, he understood that, that that was their weapon. And that's really their main weapon I've come down to, psychological fear. Um, there's two human emotions that I think are probably the most powerful and vulnerable, and that's fear and greed. Yep. And they've really used fear and they're greedy. <laughs> so they're really greedy and they've used fear to control us. So I think I would part this by saying for people who are just waking up and discovering uh, you and your podcast and other people who are telling the truth and aren't controlled to take this information, which can be very scary when you're just hearing it for the first time. Cause I know I was scared when I learned a lot of this and learned about especially the Epstein Island and the sacrifices and the ancient evil still going on underneath is to not get scared, but actually transcend that fear into action and into education. And I think once you do those two things, the fear starts to diminish. I'm not going to lie. I still get scared. There's days that I get scared and there's days my mind will run and I'll think, are we headed for something like a great depression? And then other days I have more faith in POTUS and the people behind POTUS that they're going to take us in for the softest landing possible. That doesn't mean that there won't be casualties of war, but I don't believe now what I believed five or six years ago that we were going to have to go through some sort of near-death apocalyptic experience on the level that we've never seen before. Having said that, be prepared. It will be bumpy. These people aren't going to give up, and they're going to do what they can to cause mayhem and just be aware of that too. I'd like to say something that will help uh, the audience as well as you and I. You know, I'm discovering things that you're saying during our conversation that we haven't talked about yet. So it's nice when these things just happen naturally, that by the grace of God. I recently heard from some military, active military contacts, and they validate what you're saying. It was in the last couple of weeks where I was able to have a, a small conversation with someone I know. Um, not just from, you know, I, I don't, when I say I know somebody, I know them in person. I don't know people. I don't know you. I don't know you, but this person that I do know quite well, um, it has validated what you're saying. It's a slow burn. Nothing's going to happen. That's major. The big threats that the N word, uh, that ends with an, uh, E and has a U and a K in between that's been diffused. Um, we both know that the Ukraine is a, we, we're not going to go into that today too, too long. We know what's going on over there. It's not really what they say to the public, just like everything else, but it will be a slow burn and it's going to take decades to unfold completely, but that doesn't mean things aren't going to start to change and nothing will change until like really change until 2025. 
So that's yeah, I think one thing one thing I'd like to just add because you brought up Ukraine and we won't get into it, but something that's important that I've learned about Ukraine and I've spent a lot of time studying it. And that territory that we now know is Ukraine is a territory that goes um, where, you know, these ancient evil tribes that we're talking about, um, that Jesus talked about, for lack of a better word, the Pharisees, let's just say, that's who he was battling in his time. And that's really what, you know, their great, 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 great grandchildren are still kind of running the world. Um, as they would go from region to region and get kicked out because they were so evil and just so wicked. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, of, of these areas. Um, they finally settled um, about a thousand years ago into the area known what we now call Ukraine, which used to be Kazaria. And that was the area where these Pharisees and the ancient tribes sort of found an area where they could do their evil uninterrupted because it wasn't really part of any state at that point. But it did border Russia. And uh, finally, the Tsar of Russia about 1200 years ago was so frustrated because the people that were trading goods had to go through Kazaria and they were being murdered and killed and their kids were being, you know, sacrificed and held in sexual slavery by this, this group of people. So he finally went to them and said, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And if you don't stop this, you know, I'm going to destroy you. And they didn't stop and they kept doing that. And so eventually he took, uh, instead of destroying them completely, unfortunately, he just drove them out of the area and they dispersed and dispersed over what we now know as Eastern Europe and then Western Europe. And so they started to take over what we now know as these countries um, and became families like the Rothschilds and the Phoenician families and these kinds the of families. Family. Fam the and so they spread out and then that's how they've been able to kind of take over each country. Um, and so going back to that, you know, whether you like Vladimir Putin, whether you hate him, whether you don't know anything about him, one thing you should know about him is he understands the history of his country. He understands that these people, many of these people are still operating out of Ukraine and Kazakhstan. They're right on his border. And he knows what Tsar Nicholas did with them. He knows who was behind the Bolshevik revolution of 1917, yep. the same people. He understands all of that. And he's doing what's in best interest of his people and his heritage and his country right now. And there's no danger of him doing what Hitler did, which is being spread by the press. Of, right. Oh, after Ukraine, he's going to go into France and he's going to go into Germany and he's going to go into Poland and Czechoslovakia. That is not what he's doing. He is going in and cleaning out the ancient evil of Ukraine because Amen. there's, yes. So I just wanted to point that out because there's been a lot of lies about Ukraine and people don't know the history of Ukraine. People don't know, you know, what went on there a thousand years ago and what's been going on there and, you know, what, um, what its importance is really in this spiritual war in a lot of ways, because 
that really is the spiritual center of the cabal. And they use the banks there for the money laundering. They use the lawlessness there to be a transport hub for the rest of Europe for the children. And there's a lot of bio labs there. And there's a lot of nefarious things going on there that Putin's dealing with. And we should actually thank God he's doing that. Amen. So what I'd like to end with. I really like that you put that, um, you, you made these notes and we will, we will uh, close this up, but I do want to add something real quick. And I don't know if you know this, but did you know that Odessa for a very long time since the 1940s pre-Israel has been a hub for the CIA? I did not know that. Yes. I know people who spent time in Odessa, uh, uh, quite a few. I know like three or four people who had spent time in Odessa that can attest to that. So anyway, we'll talk more. I want it would not surprise me. And it's also worth noting that said that. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, they cut you out. They cut me okay. out. But go ahead, say it. <laughs> um, I think it's also worth noting that Putin has said on this on the world stage many times that the West is run by Satanists. Yeah. So, so they, they took over the world, but not anymore. Peace out. Peace out. Well, thank you, Hollywood Anon, H Anon. I, I really appreciate you giving us your time today. Thank you so much for all you do for our country, our movement, for God and for Christ. My brother in Christ, I, I love you dearly and God bless you for staying the course with us and especially for being a, a strong voice for, for truth. It's been an honor. Thank you. us on today's very special episode very censored and special episode again of a fistful of truth secrets of the celebrities thank you to hollywood and on for your truth uh your very well spoken explanation of what you believe is going on which i agree with you on all levels i'm very grateful to have someone else here to share this information with and we will be bringing it to you more often as the uh as the show goes on that concludes today's episode. Uh, if you can so kindly contribute to this listener-supported podcast, I do have a lot of information that needs to be put out still. I'm having some equipment issues, so I'm starting officially today a fundraiser to upgrade uh, what's going on. That's part of the reason I wasn't able to record this week is it takes a lot of bandwidth. I have an episode to put out. It's a video, part two. You guys have been hearing this for a long time, but it gives you some time to go back and watch. The storm is inside us. In fact, maybe I'll work on it this evening if I have some time, but due to the censorship, it was really hard to put out an episode this week because it was too fast or too slow or just not allowing me to record. They were cutting off my internet all week long and that's been going on. So if you see interruptions where you don't hear from me for like three, four or five days, I'll try to leave a little message like I did today. But um, I do rely on you guys to help keep this going. So there's a link in the podcast description. Just click it, scroll down. You can click support. You can donate anywhere from $25, $50, $75, $100. There's a link that takes you right there. It's very simple. It takes just minutes. 
and it helps keep this information flow going. There's a reason why there's so many hits on that blog. It, it goes over all the podcasts, all the truth that a lot of these people dare not talk about. You know, they weren't talking about human cloning Cannibal Gate. They were trying to silence me on Twitter, which they eventually did. But they will not silence me on my blog. They will never silence me and they will never silence my spirit because I only work for an answer to God Almighty. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you tune in to, uh, to tomorrow. We might have a fistful of laughs here, but be sure that we will have another episode with uh, Snackin' On coming up with Snack to the Future. We, we owe you guys a, a really good uh, overview of what's been going on because Snack and I have been talking and I've been eating his snacks. So see you guys soon. Where we go one, we go all.